0: If you don't subscribe to our Women's Performance newsletter, you are definitely missing out. It's totally free. So head over to Women's Performance.com and subscribe now. That's Women's Performance.com. This podcast is a production of Feisty Media. Hello! Welcome to this very special episode of the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. I'm Sarah Gross. And if you hear the waves crashing in the background, it's because I am in Kona, Hawaii for the VinFast Ironman World Championship. This episode was recorded live from the big stage in the expo in partnership with the VinFast Ironman World Championship. Icedy Media brought together a panel of experts to talk about mental strategies for race day for the athletes who were racing last weekend. But really, this discussion is great for anyone who competes in a sport or who has high-pressure situations in their lives or at their workplace. So during the discussion, we talked about what mindsets create success, how to stop self-sabotage, how to deal with nerves, and how to set mantras that really work. The panelists include a clinical counselor, a coach, a three-time Ironman world champion, and an executive coach. So I know you're going to love it.
1: If you want to get stronger mentally, you want to, like, think about that that aspect of your race, come on down to the ESPO stage. And I am here with Feisty Media. We are teaming up with the VinFast Ironman World Championship to present these educational sessions this whole week. Get everybody ready for race day. Um, and you can hear it later if you are if you have to leave uh, on our Feisty Triathlon podcast feed. And so I'm going to hand it off to our host today, Feisty CEO, Sarah Gross. And she's going to uh, introduce your amazing experts up here. Amazing. Welcome. It's nice to see all of your faces
0: out here. Can, Can the whole expo hear me? Oh, they should be able to. If you're in the expo and you're feeling at all nervous about race day, come on over to the south side of the expo by the Hoka Tent. We are here to help you. Um, So as Kelly said, I'm Sarah Gross. I'm the CEO of Feisty Media. I also host the Women's Performance Podcast. So every week we talk about things that affect women specifically around physiology and mental health for our best performance. So... Um, I'm excited to be here today at the VINFAST Ironman World Championship. So let me introduce my amazing panelists. First, we have Lauren Vallee. She is a clinical counselor and coach. Welcome, Lauren. Hello. And then we have Anne Roby. She's an executive coach, and she also works with the Ironman executive team. We have Michelle Simmons, and she is a longtime coach and athlete. She was part of our uh, So It's Your First Time panel that happened a couple weeks ago, and she was full of wisdom, so we asked her back for today. And we and (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then we have the guy at the end. (laughs) Some of you may recognize Craig Alexander. He was a three-time winner here, and I'm sure he has a few things to share. Yay! Okay, let let's start. Lauren, you're racing on Sunday, right? Yeah. A Saturday. I can hand it to you. Okay. Um, so you're going to be enacting some
2: of the advice. That you're yes. going to give. I yes. would hope so. That I practice what I preach. Yeah. and I may not be perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. Certainly not on this course uh, during the World Championship. But um, yeah, I will try and practice what I preach. Amazing. And so you, I know that you're a clinical counselor and a coach. What types of mindsets do you find create
0: success on race day?
2: Yeah. Um, what's so interesting is that there are so many different personalities that are going to be out there. And if you came to the pro panel and you and you know any of the pro women that are racing you can see that there's a whole range of attitude personality but the thing that i think a lot of successful athletes have in common is they are flexible particularly on this type of a course where I'm sure Crowy knows this, that things can go sideways and you have to be able to adapt without panicking. So athletes who are self-regulated, meaning they can handle this upwelling of emotion, which I had this upwelling of nerves when I realized Crowey was gonna be on stage with us. So I'm kind of freaking out right now, but trying to take a deep breath and just stay focused on what has to happen next. Athletes who can stay in the moment, um, and just really focus on making the next best decision for the rest of the day. Uh, and I would say athletes that can be resilient in the face of something going wrong. And the best example of that was when Daniela Reef got stung at the beginning. I think it was 2018. I think if I have the ear right, where she got stung by jellyfish before the swim went off. She came off. I don't know, 10 minutes down and ended up breaking the course record and winning by, I think it was like 10 minutes, something like that. And so the announcers, when I was watching it, they were like, oh, you know, she can't overcome this deficit. She's never going to like be able to make it back. And then she did and like set the record. So your your day is never over. People who are flexible, resilient and can stay in the moment are those who will um, do the best. Yeah, exactly. I used to tell myself that, like,
0: there's always an opportunity
2: to make yourself proud on race oh. day. Like, even if everything's going wrong, you can still stay in it and do your best. There's going to be, I would guess, 50 moments that anybody out here can, you know, be really proud of. Because it's it, it's hard. I'm just not going to lie to you. If you've never done this course, it is hard. So be ready for it. And you're here because you're one of the best uh, athletes in the women's field. And that's saying something. So you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you work with
0: executives, you work here with the Ironman team. Um, what are some of the parallels you see between the executives you work with and and sports performance?
3: Yeah, thank you so much. And I couldn't agree more because in business as in life, when things go wrong, and listen, things will go wrong, Like there will be something that goes sideways that you have not planned for. And it's really, in my mind, it's all about what happens next. Like, do you let that define your day? or do you pick yourself up and keep going and figure out how to move past it? That's a major, I think, parallel. And it's very true in business as it is in sports. And I think the other thing that I share a lot of times with the executives that I work with is what is efforting, what is working right now that doesn't need to be working? So for instance, for me right now, I can feel my jaw is super tight And that's not helping me talk to y'all right now, right? I can feel my hips are a little bit like crunched together. I think I'm trying to look all cute up here on stage or something. It's not necessary, right? And so when you think about that, what is working? What are you employing? Often I'll find my shoulders up around my ears. So what are you actually, what is your body doing that you're not even aware of? So bringing more awareness to the things that are efforting that aren't actually helping you in the moment. And I think that's true both in the boardroom and on the race field. Yeah. I was checking my posture as you right. were talking. I'm like, am I relaxed? <laughs> is my head aligned? <laughs> exactly. Ground <laughs> your head, lifting towards the sky. Yeah, All exactly. Is.
0: No, I think that's particularly, your advice is particularly good in, uh, on the bike and the run too. Like we tend to think about, and Michelle, you would know about this too, as a coach, like we tend to think about sometimes technique as a way to keep ourselves centered and focused. Would you
1: say that's true? hundred percent. And our bodies move better when we are not holding excess tension right right like excess tension just makes you tighten up uh-huh. and you're not moving as effectively as you could be
0: yeah and michelle okay i wanted to ask you about this i've i've heard this word kind of flung around a little bit this week about imposter syndrome. (laughs) Uh, We have over 1,500 athletes racing here for the first time. Uh, Some people are, you know, we've suddenly have three times the number of slots for the women, and people are feeling like, do I belong here? You know, how do we combat that? Because I think everyone who qualified absolutely does belong here, you know, and so how do we combat that in our own minds?
1: One thing that's really important to understand, when you When you're feeling inside like overwhelmed in some way, I'm not sure if I belong here, this is all scary, do I deserve this? Everyone at every level, and I bet Crowley would even, I would be really curious to hear your perspective on this too. No matter what level you're at, there's a question in your mind. Am I up to this challenge? And that's in pick an area of your life, right? So like in business, at Ironman, As a mom, as a dad, am I good enough? Everyone asks that question all the time. And so I think when we understand that, that I'm not alone in feeling like this, it is part of the human condition to wonder if we stack up, if we're good enough. And guess what, ladies? This is your chance. (laughs) You get to show yourself on Saturday that I can do this. And it's so cool. So we don't know what's gonna happen with Ironman in the next couple of years, like if this happens again, if we have another women's race, we might, we might not. And if we don't, 10 years from now, we're gonna look back on this year as the year that was so cool where women got to have the spotlight for the whole day and you get to show yourself that I do have what it takes. And this week, as I've walked around just talking to random strangers, (laughs) some of you, if I've come up to meet you and just introduce myself, thank you for humoring me. But really, the question is you know, what has your challenge been to get here? And every single one of you has a story about the challenge that you overcame to get here. And what it means about you when you finish is that, yeah, you do have what it takes. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. What matters is what you think. So go make yourselves proud on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. Um, Crowe, you've won here three times.
0: Uh, I'm wondering, how are the athletes feeling? You know, we're kind of within two days of the race. We're like 38 hours out. What were some of the things you felt at that time?
4: I think you're a little nervous. You're apprehensive. Um, I think whether you're trying to win here outright or just finish, you have your own expectations. There's a pressure, an external pressure and an internal pressure. I think you're trying to balance all of those things. I mean, I remember the third, yes, the third year that I won here, having a conversation with a guy who had been a huge influence on my career. And I think I was agonizing over some of the little details. And he knew me quite well. And it was interesting to hear you talk about the different personalities. And I think someone who knows you well, knows what you need to hear and I was probably talking about some sort of nutrition or do I do something with my bike and what's going to happen in the race and he said well what's going to happen is you're going to head down to the pier tomorrow morning you're going to set everything up and you're going to get on the start line like someone who's won here twice before that that's what's going to happen so I think we all worry about things before the race and, and our mind is can be tangled and convoluted. There's a lot of external noise. What was always amazing to me was after the race, 95% of the things that you were thinking about, and sometimes you don't even remember them, didn't even come to fruition. So I think with the experience, you learned to calm those things. But, you know, I was nervous. I, I raced here eight times and I was nervous every single time because I think there's always a different um situation and you 're different as a person t- to who you were twelve months before or two years before um and I know when I was a dad and my my kids would come here i 'd feel pressure to do a good performance, and my wife, who had sacrificed so much so we could travel, I felt um pressure, but I was able to turn that into motivation later on as well, so i 'm sure everyone here you <laughs>
0: I think that's really that's really on point. Sorry to interrupt you.
4: Yeah, no, I, I'm sure everyone here's nervous and I mean you've done the work and you're here and The mindset I think is the the unlocked potential everyone's there's no secrets to endurance training as you know, Sarah you've, you've raced at a high level You've trained with a lot of probably your competitors who are all doing the same training. I think what differentiates people is those who have an ability to enact certain strategies and get the most out of themselves
0: yeah, you know, one of the stories I used to tell myself um, in the, at early on in my career is that like the person who was winning or the women on the podium somehow were having a perfect day, whereas I was the one with all the problems, you know? So sometimes it's good to remind yourself that like people are winning, whether it's age group or pro, that people are winning despite having challenges. Um, and I'd love to th- throw this back to you, Craig. Like what were some of the challenges that you kind of overcame even like on years when you're having a good race?
4: One of the interesting things was i i sat here early in my ironman career and i I think it was paula and and mark were up on stage and both talked about every single time that they raced here there were moments in the race that they felt like quitting and the person who was emceeing the talk said you mean the years that you had a bad day and they said no no even the years that i won so for me what i took away from that is if, if two of the best in history are having problems when they win the rest of us we're going to have some problems out there on the day and really i think that's the challenge of it is what attracts a lot of us to it we want the challenge but then we sort of don't want it at the same time but yeah part of for me i mean there were were so many you know sir there's so many things that you predict and so many things that are unpredictable danny with the the jellyfish is one of one of the best performances i've ever seen here but I think it shows the power of the mind. Sometimes physically, you might be in a place that you feel is your best. But if you're in a mentally very good place, you always do your best and get, get the best out of yourself. So,
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Thank you. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. So, think about the thing you lay your head on for 8 hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon Pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the Performance Pillow that has everything I need. So I personally was matched with the Otter Pillow. Shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect and I was able to choose how much stuffing I wanted in it, which is super important to me because I'm doing a decent amount of CrossFit these days and my shoulders are kind of creaky. So having a pillow that is stuffed just to the right height keeps my neck and head in exactly the right position and comfortable for the entire night. And as of fall 2023, Lagoon launched their 100% Mulberry Silk Pillowcases. It's cool to the touch, buttery soft, and great for your skin and hair. You've got to go check out this pillowcase if you want to feel great and look great every morning. Waking up for morning workouts has never felt better. I'm refreshed and pain-free thanks to my Lagoon pillow. To check it out for yourself, go to lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance and take the two minute sleep quiz to find your perfect pillow match and then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off, and the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. You literally have nothing to lose. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. I've personally been running in the Alma Cruz, and I love them. It's the shoe I always wanted and never knew I needed. The fit is perfect in every way. You can get your own pair of headers at Heddas.com and use the code feisty20 for 20% off. That's feisty20 at Heddas.com, and it will all be in the show notes. Um, I wanted to ask you about self-sabotage. I, you know, I was sitting I at lunch. I get the self-sabotage question. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're the clinical counselor. Yes. Like, okay. <laughs> Leveraging that in. <laughs> um, I, uh, I was sitting at lunch uh, with a, an Olympic champion, and we were talking about some athletes, and he said, you know what, it's a, it's crazy how many Pro athletes are actually self-sabotagers and you can see them setting it up ahead of the race, like things that are wrong, niggles they have, talking about what might go
2: wrong. Um, So how do we kind of avoid that type of thing? So I think uh, the the phrase self-sabotager is used better in the third person when talking about someone else, maybe (laughs) not ourselves, because it's easier to see other people do it than to recognize when we... Uh, maybe don't show up for ourselves the way that we uh, ought to and uh, so in terms of maybe training partners that you've had uh, maybe you've seen a race uh, like I saw a race where some guy like got a flat tire just just out of transition picked up his bike and threw it into the field and I was like bro you're you, you could run your bike back to bike tech, like, and you don't have a, t- you're fine. You were like the first guy out of the water, like settle down, bro. And so um, in terms of self sabotage, I think a better way to maybe think about it or talk about it with somebody, if, if you see it in somebody else, or if you think you might be one of those people, is to be like, hey, Sarah, I, I think I might do this thing where I kind of make bad decisions in the moment and let emotions rule. Or I might not stick to my plan because I think I know better than, say, my coach who might have 20 years of experience. Um, that it, it sounds crazy, but I, I've coached for, I don't know, 15 years. And there are still athletes that I've coached for many years who they'll be like, oh, I had a bad race. Then we go through the thing. And I'm like, "What? Well, yeah, this was not part of the plan. So sticking with your plan. Um, and, and really trying to be invested in the race the way you've been invested in your training, so if you've been consistent, you've made it through tough days, you've made it through good days, and you realize like this this race that we're gonna do is literally your entire season compressed into one day that's what just think about it that way like you're gonna have good moments, bad moments, terrible moments, you might cry for a hot second. that's fine, get on with it but but being able to really roll with the punches and and not let the bad stuff that might happen out here define you or define your race. Um, Cause as you know, we've learned that something's going to go wrong for everybody. So, yeah, I used to tell some of the athletes that I coach in a similar sense, like
0: that today is like to tell themselves while they're out there, like today is Ironman day,
2: right? Like you don't, get to cheese another day something goes wrong you don't get like a restart yeah you need to stay in it yeah right and and that's i mean in the context of everything that's going on too in the world like to be here have this opportunity like step up to the challenge and don't be a sourpuss on race day like i don't mean to be a brat here but like I, i just don't have a pity party like if you get a flat tire it's a flat tire you know we are on a volcanic island in the middle of the pacific ocean nowhere near anything else and we get to go exercise for like 15 to you know anywhere from nine to 17 hours like okay it's really not that bad so keep some perspective and stay a little lighthearted, even when you want to you know i don't know punch yourself yeah yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
3: Go for it. Yeah. So one of the pieces of advice I share often with executives, and this is usually in regards to finding somebody else difficult, but maybe it applies to finding yourself difficult and that is to assume best intent, right? So you're having a shit day with somebody. Sorry. Can I swear? I just did. Absolutely. You're having a crappy day with somebody And it's really easy to assume that they're a bad person or that they are purposely trying to hurt you or whatever. But it strikes me that the same applies to yourself as well, right? Like, can you cut yourself a little bit of slack, right? And to your point, to be fully present in this moment, there isn't like a, oh, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. Like, this is it. You are physically ready. You got here. Not that many people get to be here. Now it just comes down to, are you ready in your, your body's ready? Is your head ready? Right. So when you start to lose it a little bit, when you start to have that slight pity party, when you assume like everything's going to go wrong, that's your opportunity just to pause for a second. Take I know it sounds trite, but taking three deep breaths and really feeling your feet on the ground, realizing you're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, as you said so eloquently. And it's this beautiful place. and You have this amazing opportunity and you hit the restart button and you go again. Yeah. and, And I wanted to ask you, like most of the athletes here
0: are not pro triathletes and most of them have a job. A lot of, a lot of people have really challenging jobs. What are some of the things that they can channel like from the boardroom or from other workplace challenges to race day?
3: Yeah, I think there's so much that translates, right? I mean, it probably was a team that got you here in some way. Somebody's either taking care of the kids or the dog or the whatever at home. You probably have a massage therapist or an acupuncture or a 47 other things. So whatever the, that team is, that got you here and helped you to be here right now. Ultimately, now it's up to you. And it's the same thing at work, right? You're working with amazing people, challenging job, as you said, or whatever, and awesome that that you get the opportunity to work with all these amazing people. But ultimately, it's up to you. Whatever it is that you're being expected to do at work, it's up to you to deliver that. And it's the same thing here. You've got lots of support, fantastic. But at the end of the day, you got to take the ball and run with it. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you.
0: Um, Okay, Michelle, we'll start with you on this one. But I'd love if everyone would chime in. Um, Let's talk about race day nerves. Um, How do we handle that? How do we handle it first thing in the morning?
1: Right. Right, So Anne mentioned earlier the specific ways that our bodies will communicate to us the amount of stress that we're holding on to. So it's really easy in your head to be like, I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. And your shoulders? It, are right. And then and your jaw is tight, and your shoulders are up in your ears, and your breath starts getting like way up tight in your chest. When you're in that state where you're breathing high and tight, it's a sign that your body is experiencing some emotional stress. And it will show you that because you'll have those physical symptoms. You might be talking really fast, the palms of your hands might start sweating. Um, Those are the signs. And when you recognize those in yourself, the best thing you can do to send a message directly to your brain that I am safe right now is to breathe low and slow. You want to breathe into your rib cage, breathe low. That sends a direct message right up to your brain that says, everything's fine. Because if you were actually being chased by a lion or a tiger, you would not be breathing low and slow. You would be breathing high and tight and running. And so I'm safe. Everything is fine. A little trick for you is if you start humming, you will increase your own body's production of nitric oxide which will expand your blood vessels, get blood flowing. You will start thinking more clearly. When you are thinking clearly, you can make better decisions. You can hear what's going on around you. You won't forget your goggles at your, in your bag, whatever. You'll be able to make all the right decisions because you know what to do when you're breathing high and tight because you're so nervous like this and oh my god, then you can't think and I can't make a good decision. That's when you're in trouble. So recognizing yourself and breathe low and slow and hum. Yeah, great point. I
0: um I took a, an, ex- an executive leadership course um, earlier in the year, and one of the things that really stuck with me from that was that like this idea that some of our fear responses as humans are not designed for the modern world, right? And so something I tell myself is like, oh, I'm feeling fear right now because like I was supposed to keep my like cubs away from the lion's den, you know? <laughs> and like that's literally not what's happening <laughs> out on the Queen K. Like so some of our fear responses are totally overblown. Um, Crowley, uh race day nerves. How do we deal with that?
4: Well, one of the things you talk about, lack of sleep, I think something that helped me was just getting informed. You know, they say knowledge is power. I think the sleep, the sleep one is something that every athlete at all level worries about, you know, laying awake the night before. and um, So how do you be proactive? I used to try and get a lot of sleep in the bank earlier in the week. I also read a few studies, particularly from the U.S. military. They do a lot on sleep deprivation and it gave me confidence to learn that you can not sleep properly for for three days and still be at your physiological peak. Three
0: days? Yeah. Wow.
4: Yeah. So you might feel terrible mentally, but you just wake up, do a good warm up. You can still hit your your maximum physiological potential. You might feel terrible and crash afterwards, but once you've done the race, I guess, who cares. um and and I mean I I was always nervous but you know my wife we've been married 25 years next year she's we met the year I started in triathlon she she knew the sport well but she knew me very very well and something she suggested very early in my career was just to go back and read through my training diary the week before the race and it was always good reading she knew I, I would train hard and I was very disciplined and I would get a lot of confidence knowing that up to that point I'd, I'd really done everything that I could do and that did make me feel better I mean when you understand there's going to be things that pop up on race day and you just do your best to troubleshoot I think a day before the race two days before three days before what was very um, calming for me was thinking that I prepared the best that, that I can there was a lot of um I know solace in that. And then, and you know, race day will be what it will, will be.
0: Yeah, thank you. Anyone
2: else on race day nerves? I'm jumping in here. No, go ahead. Okay, thanks. Um, I just want to throw this out, the idea out there. And that is, um, so I'm a depth psychotherapist, which is different than like cognitive behavioral. We kind of take a different uh, perspective on working with clients. And so um, I try to think a little more creatively when, when talking to clients. And I imagine anxiety or nerves and excitement as sister emotions, experiences. And uh, the difference that I've come to kind of like discover through my own, you know, racing, working with clients is that nerves and like anxiousness, there's a fear or there's an unknown thing that is floating around in the person's psyche, world, whatever. Whereas excitement is there's this curiosity and openness to like, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't really care in, in a, you know, kind of. I guess that's the colloquial way to say it, but um, so I think if you are feeling nervous, totally normal. And can you identify if there's a fear associated with the race, if it's just the unknown, okay, great. You can also be excited about that. And I think that just even that tiniest bit of shift in perspective can really kind of take the level of anxiety down just enough that you don't forget your water
3: bottles and (laughs) anything else you need, goggles. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I really loved what you said about going back and reading your racing, your training journal, because I think one of the, the things that can be so helpful to senior executives, and I'm going to apply it here as well. I'm not a triathlete. I'm just going to admit that, um, but is to think about your purpose. Why are you doing this? What brought you here? What gets you up at O-Dark 30 to go take that run, get on your bike, go out and swim, whatever it is, whatever your training is for that day? Why? And if there is some reason that you can't think of a purpose for yourself, because P.S., women are particularly bad at negotiating for themselves. Again, I'm relating this to business now. But because women are kind of bad at negotiating for themselves when it comes to salary, one of the things that we suggest is that women think about who they're negotiating for. So not that they're negotiating for themselves necessarily, but for my kid, or my spouse, or my partner, or my mom, or my whatever. So same thing, Like, what is your purpose? Coming back to your center, why am I here? And if for some reason you can't find that thing, even when you go back and look through your training journals, who are you doing this for? Thinking about those things. Thank you. That Yeah, that was kind of
0: meaningful to me, too. Like, I definitely had to find my why when I started building a business. Because, like, w- we want to make money, but I need to know why and what we're spending that money on and how or, you know, because, yeah, that's, thank you. Um, okay, let's talk about race day a little bit. Um, it's a long day out there. Uh, how, how would you all suggest, um, who can we pass it to? <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> you, you're in the hot seat. <laughs> you know, how do we get ourselves refocused if you find that your mind is wandering and you're thinking about your to-do list or you're worried about the run when you're on the bike? How do you get yourself back to center?
1: Mm. A favorite saying of mine that I've, I've shared with that athletes over the years is focus on what you're doing, not how you're feeling. <laughs> right, so there there'll be times where it's it's exceptionally challenging out there, and you're and you're starting to feel like, oh, I'm hot, I'm tired, my legs hurt, pick a thing. If you when we focus on those things, sometimes they can sp- start spiraling out of control, and start taking on, um, I don't know how you say, it, like a a a bigger space in our head than they need to, and so you can bring yourself back to like going. Um, what am I doing? Am I feeling myself right right now? Am I pulling properly if I'm swimming in the water? Am I in the right gear? Am I pedaling at the cadence that I want to be pedaling at? When you bring yourself back into what am I doing right now, then it can alleviate um, a lot of that, you know, mind off into other topics, <laughs> 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 I found athletes tell me, like, oh, I did this swim and I was thinking about all sorts. Of I was thinking about my daughter. I was thinking about, da, da, da. and I was like, oh my gosh. But I, I'm like, I'm thinking about staying on those feet that are right ahead of me. Like, that's what I'm focused on, is staying on the feet. How fast does my turnover need to be to stay on those feet? And I'm super focused on that in the moment. Um, and you can, you can, that's a trainable skill for sure. So if you feel like you could use some opportunity to train that more. If you're thinking, I don't know that I'm really that good at that focus, great. You have an opportunity on Saturday. You get to practice that. Well, and no one's staying focused the entire time, right? It's, just, it's all about like how quickly you can pull yourself back in. Yeah. You can. I mean, focus is a trainable skill. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something that you, and here's the thing, you might not even remember the whole race. I feel like some really good performances, you're you're like, I got off the bike. I'm like, I hardly even remember riding that, right? Because I was just in the moment and not really thinking about every little thing. Um, yeah, it's trainable. Wow.
0: Okay. Chloe. did you stay
1: focused the whole time?
4: (laughs) You know, with more practice, I think I did. The, even though it's a long race, it seemed to pass quickly. But I, I want to echo what a, a lot of the ladies up here have said, is you just bring yourself... I had a mantra, what, what can I do right now? I wasn't thinking about the bike when I was treading water on the start line. I was thinking, well, what's going to happen? The gun's going to go off. I've got to get out quick, then um, settle into my pace. So it was always... What are the things that I need to do right now in a race like this? It's normally around pacing and nutrition. They're the two obvious ones. but I had a few little technical cues as well um, long and lovely in the swim, um, cadence on the bike, very quiet upper body and usually around turnover and just being relaxed on the run. So yeah I felt those uh, sort of mental cues for technique were, were very helpful but, just, yeah, like a systems check, constant. What, what do I need to do right now to improve my situation? And not even thinking much further ahead than that.
0: And honestly, I remember watching you race, and especially on the run, like you were someone who like clearly in the zone, like the whole run, and focused on um, your technique as well. It was very clear watching you.
4: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's a sport about efficiency, and they're the things you work on in training, but I mean, it's changing behaviors mindsets it's repetition consistency i mean you watch a pro golfer they hit how many thousand golf balls a day they get up on the first tee it's more practice swings it's reinforcing good habits so that's yeah a lot of what i was thinking about during the race was all those technical things and yeah just a systems check
0: amazing thank you any other
2: advice from this end race day getting recentered I think you guys nailed a lot of the big stuff. The only other thing I would say maybe is, um, it, it, I'll kind of riff on this, and that's if you're feeling overwhelmed with what's left. If you have that thought of like, "Oh, I just sweet, I just got a- off the bike, and wow, that's swim really fast." Like it's kind of like that saying when you have kids, the uh, days go slow, but the years go fast. Like the, the legs go fast like the swim seems like it goes by fast, then the bike, then the run, but like the moments in each sport, holy buckets. Does it feel like, oh, that was 30 seconds. Great. Um, so thinking about chunking down the race and in the next 40 hours or however long we have before the gun goes off, look at the race map. If you haven't, if you know the course, imagining like, uh, okay, I'm Chunking down, even getting to the start of the race, and then from the start line to the first buoy, to the turn, to the boat, and then the second turn. Then, what is it like getting out of town? You've got the Kulakini section on the bike before you even get up to the Queen K properly and head out. So, always having like little chunks that you can think about: what's the next like checkpoint I'm getting to? It's not just finishing the swim or the bike or the run, and I think sometimes that can really pull you out of a dark place too. Yeah. I love that. I used to use that one too. Like, what can I do right
0: now? You know, and that's all you have control over, right?
1: It's it's really all you have control
0: (laughs) over That's your attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked, somebody mentioned mantras, um, Michelle, uh, we were talking before uh, earlier, you have a special system for helping folks, uh, find a mantra out there for
1: race day. Right. So here's the thing. In years past, I've always thought that affirmations and mantras were a bunch of BS. You know, like, you read this thing on the internet and you're just supposed to tell yourself, I love swimming in the ocean, I love swimming in the ocean, I love swimming in the ocean. Well, guess what? Like, if you're not used to swimming in the ocean, you might not love swimming in the ocean the first time you get in it, right? So like, trying to just repeat a phrase over and over and over until you believe it is a form of gaslighting yourself. Right? And it doesn't work. And, but there is a way to create a mantra for yourself that's very real and meaningful. And here's how you do it. You think to yourself about something that you have done that you're really proud of. And Joy, can I use you as an example right now? (laughs) I'm just gonna use it. Joy is a friend of mine and I literally just did this with her like an hour ago over at one of the tents here in the expo. And so I said to Joy, What's something you've done that you're really proud of? And she mentioned a time that she was here at this race before, where she'd been in a bike crash previously, and she was competing with broken bones. And that was a big decision. Do I start this race? I have broken bones. I don't know if I can finish. And she decided, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try. So she tried. And she finished the race that year. It took her a long time. She finished. She made the cutoff. And I asked Joy, and this is what you ask yourself when you go back and you think to yourself, what's something I've done that I'm really proud of? The question you ask is, what does that mean about you that you did that thing. So when I asked Joy, what does it mean about you that you finished this race when you were physically broken? And without hesitation, Joy said, it means I'm a badass. <laughs> and I said, there you go. There's your mantra. In the way that we're creating that mantra, it's personal, and it's based on your own evidence that you have for yourself. And so if we go back to the hypothetical, like I don't love swimming in the ocean. So I'm not going to tell myself over and over and try to lie to myself that I love swimming in the ocean. But I'm going to think to myself, what is it that I want out of this day? Like I want to finish this Ironman. Great. So swimming in that ocean is a part of finishing this Ironman. So maybe your mantra is, I'm going to be an Ironman. I'm going to finish this Ironman. And that's what you're telling yourself the whole time you're swimming. You don't have to love it out there in order to do it well. You just go, I'm going to finish this iron. am And that's the mantra that's personal to you. So there is a way to do it. And it's literally a matter of acknowledging the success that you have already had in your life and then asking yourself, what does that mean about me? And acknowledging that, yeah, you are a badass. Can I build on that? Yeah. Because <laughs> I... I'm super curious what you think about this
3: because one of the things that I do in business is I actually take slightly the opposite. I ask people to think about what's that piece of feedback that you get over and over again that's, you know, constructive feedback, which is just a pretty word for negative. And how can you turn that on its head? So for instance, I constantly was getting told that I was too direct and too honest and a little harsh and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, there's some things that need to be corrected about that. So I don't, run over people at at work but there's also some strength in that right and so what is the thing that you think you're not good at I don't love swimming in the ocean and how can that be turned on its head and actually turned into a strength because it's often those things that people tell you over and over again that you suck at that's actually a superpower it's just hidden really well I'd have to think what?
0: yeah yeah. Can you unpack that just a little bit more? I'm yeah. just trying to like in what way, you know, for you then that you're very direct. Yeah. You know, how did that become your superpower? Yeah. So it's
3: not a good thing when I'm being I'm going to swear again. Sorry, I swear a lot. If, I, if somebody perceives me as being a total sort of bitch. Right. That's not a good thing. And especially in a senior management role, which <laughs> is not a good, good way to operate. But I'm also really good at telling it how it is. And so I had to redirect being really super honest and direct and maybe take it a a slight edge off of the bitchiness to turn that into a superpower so I could tell people and I could see them and I could give them the gift of here's where you are awesome and here's where you really need to work so you could be a little bit more awesome. So my directness which was at times given back to me as a negative, I could turn into a positive. Now, you can do the opposite as well. So if somebody gets the feedback like you're always too quiet or you're too shy or you hold back, right? So somebody's basically telling you speak up more. So the opposite, like you could could take that and, okay, I'm just going to try to speak up more. No, I'm never going to love swimming in the ocean, right? But how can you turn that into a superpower? How can you turn that into a strength instead of the thing that somebody is telling you that you are not good at? Yeah, got it now. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Crowe, do you have
0: mantras when you were out there?
4: I had one that helped with training and it wasn't based on sort of personal data or anything. But, I mean, I think it's a fallacy that as a pro athlete, you're always motivated. Um, you have your why and the reasons you're doing it. It's usually tied up, hopefully intrinsically. But often, I mean, nothing erodes motivation like fatigue. And you're training for a race like this, you're always tired. So... So I think when you need discipline, when, when motivation wanes, discipline picks up the slack. But something that helped me was just, I used to say, just get started. Just get started for a hard training session or hopping off the bike here. It's midday, it's hot, you've got a marathon. Don't think about your pace. Don't just get started. I'll, I'll worry about those things. I'll just get my legs under me. So, And it worked a lot for me in training. Um, we used to do this session on a Wednesday night, 16 400s in the pool. It was, um, but we had ridden... It's a big session. It's a big session. Um we'd ridden Wednesday, long ride day, run off the bike, and one day our, our coach who was he was a, an Olympic gold medalist, he said, you know, no one's jumping out of their skin to get in the water and swim these sixteen four hundreds and I said, Well, why would you be? You know, driving here, that's all I'm thinking about, the sixteen four hundreds. He said, Well that that's your mistake. Drive here thinking about doing one four hundred. And, you know, he said to me, I challenge you to do one. And if you ever feel like getting out, you can get out. And once you get one in the bank, I think you just get rolling. So getting started was a good mantra for me.
0: Yeah. Or just like do the warm up. There's one that I used to use. And you could use that on, you know, when you come off the bike, like the first mile of the marathon is the warm up. Just do the warm up, you know, see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lauren, what are you going to tell yourself out there on Saturday?
4: (laughs)
2: Uh, what am I going to tell myself? Well, I know, um, I will probably sing some Backstreet Boys at some point on the run. It's Good for my cadence. Um, typically I try and like Chloe said, focusing, you can train it to where like, you know, you're focused cause you, you know, you got to eat, you know, you need to pace, you know, and you, you, have, you have to look out for safety. You, you, you kind of can't let your focus wane too much. And so for me I don't really have mantras. I think there are cues that I think about from, you know, my coach in terms of what to think about technique wise. And that always helps like as fatigue sets in, just thinking about, you know, if my technique and form is good, I am gonna go faster than if my like if I don't pay attention to it, that's it's gonna go to, you know, shit and that would be Yeah. See I was I I knew she was gonna do it. So um but things that I'll tell myself are, you know, I have five athletes out here racing with me, which is a huge deal as a coach. And um, I will be out there thinking of them, I'm sure at some moments, um, trying to be my best and like live into the things I'm telling you guys. And, you know, I started this sport, it saved my life. I mean, I suffered from depression and eating disorder, like really rough stuff when I was in my twenties. and. I'll get emotional thinking about it, but as hard as it gets at any point in the day, I just think about um, the girl who set the goal to like get here and how long it took. It took me a really long time and um so I think uh I will just remind myself of you know twenty one year old yeah Lolo who would be like. Okay. That's pretty cool that you did it. Like, uh, so go faster now. Like <laughs> you stop thinking about me, go. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. We had
0: a, uh, one of our pro interviews earlier in the week said just the exact same thing. Like that she thinks of 24 year old her. I thinks, think, Oh my gosh. Like would have been so proud of herself for actually yeah. being at an Iron Man World Championship.
2: I don't think the twenty one year old me would believe right. it either and just yeah. be like, That's pretty cool. Like your life turns <laughs> out all right. Like, yeah. But
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well we are running out of time, but I just want to say thank you to my amazing panelists. Thank you all so much. It's been wonderful. I hope everyone learned something and I wish you all the best race out there on Saturday. muscle can be tough and gains can be so slow, even for those of us who do a lot of strength training. As an ex-endurance athlete who is now in perimenopause, I know this all too well. It can be frustrating to put in the time in the gym and not see the results I'm looking for. That's why it's super important to take the right supplements at the right time. One of those supplements is essential amino acids, which are needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein synthesis happens when you eat high quality protein like eggs or whey. And by supplementing with additional essential amino acids, you can make sure you are getting the full benefit of your training sessions. Targeted essential amino acid formulas can be up to four times more effective than just eating protein. Aminoco has been a longtime sponsor of Feisty Media and has supported all of our brands and podcasts over the years. I recommend starting with Aminoco Perform and you can grab some at aminoco.com forward slash performance. If you enter the code performance, you will save 30% and receive a free gift if it is your first purchase. Give it a try and let me know how it goes. That's aminoco.com forward slash performance and use the code performance to save 30%. As a lifelong runner and triathlete turned CrossFitter, I am stoked to announce that the athletic eyewear brand Tifosi Optics has joined us as a partner here at Feisty Media. Tafosi sports glasses hit all the marks for athletes. They're shatterproof, poly-bicarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance, which I 100% need. They stay in place when you are moving. The hydrophilic rubber nose pads actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they are secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in hot conditions. No matter what sport you do, Tifosi has shades for you. Whether you love tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, or just hanging out on the beach. They are super reasonably priced, which I love, so I can have multiple pairs that go with any outfit. And of course, feisty listeners get a special discount. So, head on over to TifosiOptics.com and use the code FM20. FM as in feisty media to get 20% off your order. That's fm20 at tafosioptics.com. I'll put a link
2: in the show notes to make it easy for you.